0: You are Locked On MLB prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And here's your host, Aram Layton. This is Locked On MLB Prospects, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. As always, I'm your host Arm Leighton. I'm a prospect analyst and writer as well as the founder of justbaseball.com. And in today's episode, we are going through part 2 of the Rays system rundown here, some exciting prospects in the back end of the top 10 that I wanted to go through. If you missed part 1, I went through prospects 1 through 7 in order uh, for my rankings here in the system, and I'll go through that real quick again, just going over the names and where they rank in the top 10 and where they rank in my top 100, uh, just to get you a little bit of a refresher in case you already forgot, don't blame you. there's so much going on in the baseball world right now. Number one was Shane Boz, who, without a surprise, is the number one prospect in this system with Wanda Franco graduating, and Boz is my number 8 prospect in all of baseball. My number 2 pitching prospect behind only Grayson Rod Riguez, but you could really interchange the two. I just have a little bit more projection on G-Rod and like the physical stature that he offers and the deep bag of stuff. Number 2, Josh Lowe, number 45 in my top 100. Absolutely love this guy. Gave him the Kyle Tucker comp, but he's even more athletic, albeit with some more swing and miss, but a really exciting prospect there and probably going to stick in center field. Vidal Brujan at number three and number 52 in my top 100 rankings right there then you go to number four which is Curtis Mead another guy that I'm probably way higher on uh, than most people I haven't really seen him in any other top 100 lists but we've got him at 56 so very high on Mead reminds me of Evan Longoria very excited about what he's going to do in that system number five was Xavier Edwards shortstop, second baseman, probably going to play more second, super utility guy, number 83 on our top 100, plus plus runner and then some great bat-to-ball skills, but just how much can he impact the game? That's going to be the big question. Then you got number six on this top prospect list, and on our top 100 is Greg Jones. He's number 93 on the top 100, another switch hitter, but way more toolsy than Edwards, boasting similar to probably the same amount of speed But with more explosive power, I think he's a guy that could easily hit 20-plus home runs. Maybe not as much of a sure-handed option in the middle infield, but I think Greg Jones could stick it short and at the very worst could be a plus center fielder. So a very exciting prospect there, albeit with a wide range of outcomes as well. And then the final prospect I went over and the final guy uh, in the Rays system right now that is in our top 100, Austin Shenton, number 94 overall in our top 100 and 7th. In this top prospect list for the Rays, ridiculous to have seven top 100s. Just unfair. But Shenton, third baseman right now, might end up. I don't know where he's gonna end up. I think he's good enough to stay at third. That's where I think he should stay. Could end up in a corner outfield spot, left field could be a very viable option as well. The arm is strong enough there, and he moves well enough to be an average left fielder. That could be the more likely scenario, but what the real bet is is with the bat there, and I talked about his swing and how I really like what he does at the plate in the previous episode, but who I was not able to get to in the last episode, and literally the reason why I decided to delay uh, and make it a part two was because I wanted to take the time on Jonathan Aranda, my number eight overall prospect in this race system, and somebody that I think is probably one of the most underrated prospects in all of baseball right now. I understand that we want to dream on guys and we want to have this major projection. Oh, he can be a five-tool player. He has this raw power. He has this speed. Any of that. I understand that's, that's super important. But what's the object of the game? The object of the game is to hit the baseball. And Jonathan Aranda has a potentially plus hit tool in my eyes, it's already a present 50 from what I've seen. And I think he does have the ability to be a plus hitter. And we've we've seen that. I mean, the numbers back it up. When you look at what he did this year between high A and double A, it's ridiculous. 23 years old, he hit 330 between high A and double A, 418 on base percentage, 541 slugging. The big thing with Aranda was, will he be able to hit for power? And because he didn't hit for a ton of power and he was a bit positionless defensively, he was not somebody that was ranked as a prospect, a contact-oriented guy that doesn't play great defense. I can understand that. I can understand why that's not somebody you're excited about as an evaluator. But now, you look at what Aranda has done. He answered the one question, which was, he hit for power. 14 homers in 100 games is really strong when you're walking as much as he does and when you don't strike out. Here's the thing also with Aranda is, I am always very pumped on prospects who have the bat-to-ball skills and then have the power shine through later on. It's a lot more volatile and harder to project the guys that have the big power and you're hoping that they'll be able to hit enough. Those guys are interesting too and they figure it out. The Aaron Judges of the world definitely figure it out. There's prospects like Mark Vientos, who I'm super high on with the Mets, that has always had ridiculous raw power and now is showing a better approach. It can go both ways, but it is always a safer bet when you have a guy that has already shown he can put the bat on the ball and now he's hitting for more power. Two great examples of this are Gabriel Moreno, somebody that I was so excited about because I saw the bat-to-ball skills before this season and really believed that the power would manifest itself in some way. It would start to come out because there was just too much raw bat speed and too good of a swing for power to not start to break out or at least above average and that's exactly what we saw with Moreno. Similar with Alejandro Kirk who interestingly enough is friends with Jonathan Aranda. They're both Mexican Natives, they're both, I believe they both played in the Mexican League uh, in the off seasons and in the winter, and they torched it. They are friends who have similar bat to ball skills, similar type of offensive profile. Obviously Kirk is way more valuable as a catcher, but I love the comparison between these two guys as guys that probably hit together, I'm sure, given that they're buddies and they have similar approaches that usually bode really well for success in the big leagues. If you're wondering why you haven't heard of Aranda, or if you haven't, I'm sure some of you have, especially if you're a Rays fan and maybe some of the deep divers into prospects, but I'm actually surprised at how little attention he gets, how hard it was to dig up video on him, how hard it was to just get anything on him information-wise. Couldn't find out what his international free agent bonus amount was. I mean, there is just not that much information on this kid, and he's been in the minors for a while. He was signed as, a, I believe, a 17-year-old, and the high contact rate was always what was the appeal. He's not the most physically imposing at 5'10", about 180 pounds, but now has really tapped into that power. And to just compare it to what he's done in the past, the 14 homers, as I mentioned this year, he hit more home runs in the first two months of this season actually the first month and a half than he had in his previous 800 minor league plate appearances. So that puts into context what really clicked for him. I have a video that I dug up from the Mexican league in this article at just baseball.com, which is also embedded in the description where you can see him really explode on a baseball and go pull side with an absolute bomb. I don't think that the power is ever going to be plus. I think it's very fair to say that it's not going to be that, but pull side, his power is above average. And I think that it's average to all other fields. But he's got the strength and bat speed and the bat angle to really be able to yank balls out of there. I really like the bat path as well. It's level enough, especially when he's trying to drive balls the other way, but he can get balls up in the air on the pull side as swing allows for it. And he's able to unload on some baseballs. What I like is his approach is so strong that he leverages his hitters counts well, and he's looking for something middle in. That's where he'll do his damage when it gets to two strikes. Then he'll settle down a little bit and just look to put the ball in play. As I mentioned, still only 23 years old and having already mashed through double A, he could be on a track for a potential call-up as soon as the middle or end of next year, especially if he continues to show these bat-to-ball skills that he has boasted all year. I mean, the walk rate steady at 10%, strikeout rate 15% in high A, jumps to 19% in double A. Still really solid for how good the pitching is there between the two levels, a combined 165 WRC+. Just a phenomenal year for Jonathan Aranda. I'm willing to bet on this guy continuing to keep rolling, and we're gonna see him quickly climb up the top prospect lists. He's a bit positionless, as I said earlier. I think he ends up potentially at first base, but he's a little short for first base. But that's where he's got a majority of his reps this year, was at the first base position. We've also seen him get reps at second base. And third as well, the Rays are seemingly trying to groom him a bit as a super utility type as well uh, because the bat will really play. And if he can just be average at defense at any other spot or any of those spots, you can just justify that with the bat. The double A breakdown for starts. He made 46 starts at first base. He then made 17 starts at second base And finally, nine starts at third base. So a little bit of everything. And also one start at shortstop. I I did not see that outing. And I'm curious how that looked. But he was able to do it for one game. So I'm curious to see how the defense continues to progress. If he's average at any of those spots, the bat could play and he could be an above average regular with really good contact rates that get you excited and give him a very high floor. So Aranda, keep an eye out for him. He might be cracking the top 100 list sometime soon, especially if he has a strong year here coming up or a hot start to the season coming up. I have prospects 9-10 and some honorable mentions as well coming up in the second half of this podcast. Before I get there, a reminder that this episode is brought to you part by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX or wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing from only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket you can save time and money by using rock auto why use the other chain stores and dealerships and pay 30 to 50 to 100 more for the same auto parts when you can just go to rockauto.com for example that honda odyssey has a fuel pump that is 353 dollars from the chain store only 216 dollars from rock auto rock auto is a family-owned business that's been serving the do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years their prices are always reliably low And they have everything you need from brake parts, tan lamps, motor oil, or even that new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As well as the baseball diamond, as we are well into the postseason. As always, bet online is your number one spot for baseball, pro, and college football, and everything else that you want to wager on. They've got it there for you with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football, baseball, basketball, whatever you want to wager on. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus from football, basketball, boxing, baseball, and everything in between. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So go check it out today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's jump now into number nine on this top 100 list. And this is a guy that has just been so amazing to watch him develop because. I actually faced him in high school, and he was a good pitcher in high school, but, man, has he developed into an absolute stud. Tommy Romero. This kid has come out of nowhere to become one of the best pitching prospects in baseball this year statistically. I mean, the stuff isn't quite at the level of some of the other players that put up some of the numbers he did, but, man, he put up some undeniable numbers that – have to have you excited if you're a Rays fan, especially considering that he came over in a trade with the Mariners. And I'll get into that trade. He was a 15th round pick out of Eastern Florida State College in 2017. When I faced him in high school, he was a guy that would you know run it up high 80s, low 90s, good stuff, a lot of life to the fastball, breaking ball was strong. But I mean, what he's turned into now is is amazing. And, you know, the junior college route worked for him and he got that opportunity. And then once he had that opportunity in pro ball, he took it and ran. But it wasn't like something clicked for him along the way in terms of his professional career. He hit the ground running right away. 19 years old in rookie ball, just carved up these hitters, pitching to a 2.08 ERA in 13 games, only made two starts though, he was mostly working out of the bullpen, but then gets an opportunity in full season ball the next year, pitching in low A, where he was just phenomenal, he went in 25 starts, 128 innings, he pitched to a 2.95 ERA, 131 Ks against 51 walks. So you'd like to see the whip a little bit better than 1.27, but still pretty strong, especially for a guy that you took in the 15th round and has already been you know, one of your more effective starters and looking like maybe a potential back-end arm. But then he continues to get better and better, especially after getting traded to the Rays. And that is where things really took off for him. Surprise, surprise. Romero was sent from the Mariners over to the Rays in the Denard-Span-Alex Colome trade. Not a great deal for the Mariners in that one, but still, you know, it's one of those where the Rays just identified a guy that they really liked and they went and got him. And so after he makes that switch over to Tampa, which was around the midway point through that 2018 season, he made the first nine starts in low A with Seattle, then the subsequent 16 in that season, with the rays continued to be really effective then came out in 2019 Just looking spectacular in high A. He pitched to a 1.89 ERA in 119 innings. And then going into what he did in 2020, he obviously was pitching in the winter leagues because he couldn't pitch uh, stateside due to the minor league season getting canceled, was good there. And then in 2021, it's just been at a different level for him. So the track record has been strong, but now the strikeout numbers were a lot better this year. So to go over his numbers, I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, but this is the telling ones and this is what really forced him into the top 10 is what he has done this year in the upper level starts the year in double a made a mockery of double a hitters 1-8 in nine starts 75 Ks in 48 innings so all of a sudden the strikeouts per nine skyrocket from what was roughly eight to nine most of his career more in the high eights to 14 in high a gets the bump up to triple a was a bit of a rocky first couple starts, and that's understandable. The zone gets tight as almost the major leagues in AAA because those umpires are trying to get to the big leagues too. They're sniffing it as well. That's the biggest change in terms of strike zone, so it's tougher on pitchers. That's why you sometimes see hitters also take it to another level in AAA. Also, you have the major league baseballs there, which generally speaking, They take off a bit better than the minor league balls. So it was rocky at first, but then over his final five starts, pitches to a 0.55 ERA. Uh, So he was very settled in by the end there. And for him, it's not really ever going to be a plus Arsenal. It's not like he has a just wipe out pitch. The fastball is above average because of the life it has and the way he's able to locate it. The slider, I have a 55 on as well because of the way he locates it glove side and arm side and the late movement that it has. It's not devastating, but it's good. And then the changeup gives him a viable third pitch. He has three distinct speeds. He has above average command that continues to get better and a fastball that plays up and down in the zone. That sounds like a really good back end of the rotation starter at worst, in my opinion, especially when you only walk 31 guys against 145 strikeouts between the two levels, AA and AAA. That is really encouraging. I know this stuff isn't plus, but it's above average across the board. The feel for the changeup is stronger, and it has gotten stronger as the year went on. I'm willing to bet on this guy being a number three, number four. I know he's a gamer. Having played against him in high school, like I said, you could see that mentality. He has the bulldog mentality on the mound. Continue to see it manifest itself in pro ball. He is a legitimate back-end arm and a nice little steal here. Big body to at 6'2", 225. 24 years old. I think he'll be big league ready next year, and I could see him in a Drew Rasmussen type of role. Long relief, spot starts here. A little bit of everything, but I do see him as a solid number four with the Upside of a number three if his stuff upticks a little bit more, which is more than possible. Speaking of stuff ticking up, here is another guy, fifth round pick in 2018, overslot, but still a steal in that draft. Taj Bradley, and he's another guy that's right on the brink of our top 100. Only 20 years old, six foot two, 190, great athlete. You can just see the athleticism on the mound, and the fastball ticked up to 94, 97 this year, and it's high spin. Watching this kid pitch has been so much fun. He just dominated through the lower levels because of the two pitches that he has. The fastball, guys weren't even close to when he elevated it, and he would freeze hitters at the knees, looked like it was going to go low, but like would stay on plane because the vertical drop was so limited on his fastball because of that high spin that he would freeze guys at the knees. And also the slider that is already above average, I think it has a chance to be plus, really tunnels off of that pitch well because you have a fastball that looks like it's rising and a hard late-breaking slider that he actually locates pretty well given the, I would say raw nature of his pitch ability. His third pitch is changeup. I rarely saw it. It was almost like an endangered species. You'd see it maybe once. You're like, is that the changeup or was that just a softer fastball? It's a little bit firm. It's not a good pitch. I have it at about a 30 right now, but he is still so young at 20 years old, was 17 when he was drafted, missed a big season obviously last year. So really at 19 years old in his projection or in his development, I would say, so has a lot more time to figure things out. He's still younger than Jack Leiter For reference, and if this kid was pitching Major D1 this past year, he would have been one of the best pitchers in the country. So he's definitely knocking on the door of the top 100 list. And I might even, after a little bit in this offseason, by the next update, he he could make that jump if I see anything more from him in the next few months. Uh, Especially as I continue to tap into some reports and hear from other people that had seen him played against him and everything like that as well I've been digging into the video though really enjoy what I've seen from him and the way that that fastball plays up in the zone and the slider works off of it was really impressive. Needs the third pitch. You can dominate hitters through high A and the lower levels with two pitches. But if Bradley got the call up to double A, I think he would have struggled as the command still needs to make some strides. But the two pitches already and already attempting to throw a third pitch, I think he'll get there with his athleticism. He repeats his mechanics strong enough. He is a really exciting arm that could turn into a middle-of-the-rotation piece for them. Moving forward, worst-case scenario, a very good reliever arm for the Rays as well. With his youth and athleticism and already present two pitches, I'm willing to bet on him remaining in the rotation, though. Uh, That is Taj Bradley. Moving on to the honorable mentions in this system because they are very honorable when you look at a system like the Rays. Obviously, the honorable mentions are going to be pretty exciting Given that the first seven players are top 100 guys, you're of course going to have plenty of talent even outside of the top 10. Going into that, somebody that I've seen in top 100 lists, I just can't put him there yet because I don't know enough about him. I do know that he was an expensive international free agent, and anytime that the Rays are willing to spend money, i.e. Wander Franco, it tends to work well because the Rays obviously bet on their ability to develop prospects and don't feel the need to pony up for major money, major free agent acquisitions, international free agent acquisitions, that is. But Carlos Komenarez, Uh, I believe I said that right, Carlos colmenares he is a shortstop in the Dominican Summer League, only 17 years old, so still very young, signed for $3 million. There is a ton of buzz around this kid. From what I've seen from the swing, really smooth Definitely projectable, but how many 17-year-olds with a nice swing have I seen? A lot. So it's too early for me to rank this guy in the top 100 or put him over the guys that are ranked ahead of him in the top 10. But just know I am watching him, and I am very ready to bump him the second we see a little bit more. So looking forward to seeing more from colmenares and this raise system that, my gosh, if he ends up being a superstar too – It's just unfair what the Rays got going on here. Tobias Myers, another pitcher who really put it together this year. He saw the fastball tick up, which always is a good sign, and the breaking ball became sharper and more effective as well. I watched certain outings where he was unhittable. I'm talking punching out six of the first eight hitters, nobody reaching base through the first time through the lineup and then some. Guys looked just blatantly uncomfortable. There's something going on with his stuff. The low release point at six feet tall, 190, but with a ton of life that just makes it very hard to pick up for hitters. 3-9-0 3.90 ERA between AA and AAA. However, 146 strikeouts and in 117 innings. I'd bet that the advanced metrics point towards a lot better numbers around him. Only 28 walks against those 146 strikeouts, 101 hits and 117 and two-thirds innings. A little bit burned by the long ball with the 19 homers and 22 starts. And 19 homers and 117 innings isn't ideal, but I expect that to get a little bit better 11 of the home runs came in AAA, and I think that's something that he will get more effective with and be able to limit the damage as he continues to progress. But another exciting arm that's really put it together. 11.2 Ks per nine between the two levels is a huge jump from where he was before. Another honorable mention that would no doubt be in here and would probably be in the top 100 had he not gone down with Tommy John surgery. Cole Wilcox came over in the Blake Snell deal. I had long maintained that he was one of the steals of the draft in 2020. His stuff is just ridiculous. And he has multiple pitches. He's already comfortable throwing. He's got three pitches that I already think are above average. And he's a big projectable body. The command is stronger than I thought it would be through this short amount of time that we got to see him before he went down yes it delays his progression he's still young he's going to have plenty of time to work it out and I believe he's going to come back stronger with his big frame after Tommy John still bright future Race fans should be ecstatic he's got front end of the rotation potential which is rare to see in a guy outside of a top 10 uh Be excited about the future. Just a little bit of a detour right now. One other guy that I'm excited to talk about because he's going to be on the podcast tomorrow for an interview. It's Jaden Murray, and Murray has some of the best command that we saw in the minors this year. He only walked about 1.5 per nine innings, and that was between high A and double A. His stuff actually was more effective in double A. He was striking out more than 10 batters per nine after striking out just eight batters per nine in high A. His curveball is plus. It is a wipeout pitch. The fastball, a little bit higher in VLO now, and the command has just gone to another level. Need to see a bit more of the third pitch, but with his command, and even if the third pitch is average, he's got more than enough going for him. Really excited to talk to him about that development because when you have a whip just over 0.7 on an entire season, and I mean, he threw nearly 100 innings It was 20 starts. To do that is incredibly impressive. So I am very eager to hear from him and what he plans to do to develop that third pitch and how he really was able to see his K per nine jump by two full strikeouts uh, when getting the call up to double A. That's pretty rare. And I'm sure that there was something that clicked with him along the way. So look out for that interview coming out in the afternoon tomorrow with Jaden Murray. I hope you enjoyed this rundown of the top 10 and then some of the race system. I'll be doing it for all 30 teams. I'll also be going through my all prospect team from this year, which should be a ton of fun. That'll be coming up after the Murray interview as well, where I'll take you through uh, my award winners, I guess, for every position in the minors this year. And I'm very much looking forward to recapping this minor league season and some of the best performers Look out for that interview with Murray tomorrow and the link, a reminder if you want to read more about the write-ups and the individual grades on every tool, the link to the article at JustBaseball.com is in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave a rating and let me know how I'm doing. I would really appreciate that. And as always, thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking prospects with you tomorrow.